selfish. Where are you from? <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> no. Wait, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. My wow. roommate one time um, went to Oral Roberts University. <gasps> The scariest place. Oral Roberts it has like a good like I feel like vet program and nursing program. All this random. She was shit, in a mega church. Program. She went to a mega church comedy show. We should get into that. Oh, oh no, my we gosh. should not. Yeah, <laughs> the real Christian kings of comedy. That was like one of them. <laughs> and they're like, y'all know that feeling when you're thinking about the Lord. <laughs> but, uh, then you yes, start sir, to get yes, your sir. stomach starts to hurt. <laughs> hey Nico. Hey Con. I love you. I love you. No homo. A mm, little bit of homo for me. Just a little. Just a smidge. From two guys who were never part of the boys club, we want to welcome you to ours. Welcome to boys club. This is our podcast. About boys. And about other things. Like the clubs. And the things we were a part of. Hockey. And we're not a part of. Bagels. Wait, did you say we were a part of hockey? No, I wasn't. Me neither. Welcome to the club, boys. Grab a bagel. (laughs) Connor's like, what do boys eat? (laughs) My feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Con. Hi. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. (laughs) I thought of my boys club and it's kind of abstract. Okay. Okay. As so the boys at home know we are getting looser and looser with the interpretation of a boys club, but at episode 85, we're running down out of boys, boys clubs, clubs is, um, is expanding what it means to be a boys club. I know that is beautiful. So I feel my boys club. Well, here's how it started. I really wanted a Christmas tree, but every day that it got closer to Christmas, I felt like it'd be one day less with the tree. And then I got really <laughs> anxious and it felt like this like race against time. Totally. And I was like, I don't know how to take care of a tree, but I don't have the storage to get a fake tree. The good news is you hardly need to take care of them. I know, but you need to water yours and you don't know that. I am watering mine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just, I don't know. Last time I was there, there wasn't a thing under it. I was nervous for you. No, you, it's, you it's need all, to water it. I've been watering it. Did you put lights on it? No, not yet. Okay. So every day you don't put lights on it is one day less with lights. But it looks beautiful. It is really pretty. It's very pretty. But anyway, you're saying... So, but the good news is I don't think you can get like worst case scenario if like the tree's not gonna die before Christmas. No, it won't. Even if you didn't want. And it. I kind of like that you don't put lights on it because it's actually taking the pressure away, the Christmas pressure, and now you kind of just have a plant. See, and my my roommate great. and I have um there is not many plants have come into the home and lived, and I just have to own that we're not good at that. He and I don't know yet. Do you have one of them? That's not instead? a style choice. These flowers are not, that's oh, not a style right here, thing. Yes. They are dead. This girl, we had a party at my place like a couple weeks ago and there was, we have these like bookshelves up really high and there's these plants up there and this girl that's friends with my roommate was like, wow, all those plants are dead. And I just went, yeah, they came that way. <laughs> she was like, really? Because I gave them to him to watch and I was like, oh fuck, we, oh. we killed your plants. And then I said, I don't know anything about that and walked away. <laughs> that, um, I fell in love that night. You did fall in love with that, but not wait. in love. I didn't fall yeah, well, in love. Of course not. But what um, I got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you were saying about trees. Um, trees. Christmas tree. So th- your Christmas I was tree. like googling, like, okay, should I get a Christmas tree? And then I was like, okay, so there's this place called Plant Shed that will deliver it for you, and it, they'll deliver it already decorated, which I'm obsessed wow, with. For it, how many hundreds of dollars? Three hundred twenty-five for a six no. foot. No, it is six, oh, six feet. feet tall. It's six feet tall. Do you want a six foot tree? I don't. Well, I don't know how I would get rid of that. Like I would have to push it out that window, and <laughs> which is what I and do with my mattress in Chicago. Yes. Wow. And then I was like, "What's funny about having a tree come that's already pre-decorated? It's very like the kids are at boarding school, and <laughs> we're getting no joy out of hanging. Like when we were yeah. kids, like that was the thing that we did together. And I know. Brag. My mom used to like as like after we left, like move, started moving out of the house and like going to college and stuff. She would wait until we got back to decorate the tree, but then they would have the tree for like weeks undecorated and then uh, like for like five days but then she recently sent it to us i guess she and my dad 
decorated by themselves. And I was like, wow. Well, back to the thing earlier, like you're losing the number of days with the decorated tree and everything is a race against time. (laughs) And that's hard. So then I was thinking about that and I was like, okay, so I think what my voice club is, is this trope in movies um, where there's, it's always a romantic comedy where it's like a Scrooge type character who lives in New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm describing Reese Witherspoon and Four Christmases. I'm describing Ben Affleck in that movie with Catherine O'Hara where she did porn. I'm describing um, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. And Wait, the I just watched Christmas in the Cranks the other night with Maddie. <gasps> Great it's movie. My favorite movie. And we figured out why. Because it's my favorite movie. No, we figured out why it's your favorite movie. Why? Because the it's all—it's the tanning, of course. <laughs> but it's and that he gets Botox at some point. And he I was just imagining Botox. little you really like clocking those things. She says you should get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, it's all centered around a hot girl who's going to the Peace Corps. Piper <laughs> like, Parabo. You absolutely would have been like, "This is the movie for me." I love that movie. I love it on every level. I think it is so the t- the writing. No one ever talks about the writing. It's of it. really a fresh so Christmas tight. movie, it's which very, is like kind of rare. Like Fresh is from Bush's America. I think first term. It is 2004 or three. One of the two. Yes. There was one day where my mom took my older gay brother to see Made in Manhattan or Save the Last Dance. That one. Save the Last Dance. Okay. Something with Jennifer Lopez. I'm okay. sorry. I never saw it. And then my dad took me and my younger gay brother to see Chris's <laughs> at the Cranks. And it's kind of like, yeah, we're the ones that don't read. So we're going to be seeing this. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. So that's my boys club. is the trope of people that are Scrooges. And then I was like, there does need to be like a gay version of this. That's like a Scrooge who kind of fall, like comes around after spending the holidays with um, nice people. Yeah. I like that. A gay Scrooge. I don't think we've had a gay Scrooge. Mm, all yeah i know yeah um okay my boys club for this week well i was gonna do seasonal depression because i'm feeling really blah recently but billy eichner and bros is kind of a gay scrooge i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but now the rest of the podcast but none the of day. it's christmas themed but okay, yeah okay, okay, my okay, favorite okay, part right. of that movie is was when he he and the boyfriend are having that really intense talk and then somebody's docking the city by <laughs> the <laughs> thing with people maybe being almost okay to make gay content is that it's like we don't actually have to write anything original it's kind of like what could we map gay onto that's already here yeah hollywood if you're listening um but yeah I w- i'm feeling seasonally depressed and so shout out to any boys at home who are also feeling that i'm i'm feeling you i'm with you but i'm actually gonna do my boys club is gonna be the way you said that was very like justin bieber christian and shout out <laughs> feeling you thinking of you praying for you to the lord bless up um my th- i think it's the sun the sundown is it hard. is the sun it's also like holidays and just like i don't know i think end of year passage of time thinking about like what am i doing i think all those kinds of things also for me like i have a, like my work is so se- is seasonal because it's like i coach soccer so it's like we are constantly changing the schedule and that's just like i don't realize how much that like fucks me up every time which yeah. is like changing schedule anyway Shout out to my seasonally depressed boys at home. But um, the boys club I'm going to actually talk about is this new documentary I watched yesterday on HBO called Mother of God. You just said the saddest shit anyone has ever heard. And now you're <laughs> on to a documentary. Yes. And it's crazy. If it's, it's not cra- the saddest documentary, then I just don't know how we're going to transition. It is pretty tough. Well, it's like it's wild. So it's a doc- it's about this woman who was like she just started doing like I'm trying to remember how she got into it. She started doing some like hallucinogens. Maybe took like MDMA or something. What? Who is it again? What, a what channel? HBO. Okay, go on. She started taking hallucinogens, and then she started, like, seeing all these things, and then they got really into, like, spirituality and stuff like that, and got to the point where she thought of herself as the, that God is a woman, and it's her. And she's God on this earth. And so she started, like, meeting Father God, who is, like, her male counterpart, and it started as, like, this one hippie guy, and then it was, like, another guy who was kind of, like, a lost soul, and, like, you kind of see all these people that come into this home and, like, live with her that are, like, 
just kind of lost people looking as in any cult that are looking for something. But they're uh, all, the second they get there, they're doing more mushrooms than anybody ever should. And I it's think a they're mushroom just, thing. They're high all the time, unlike weed, hallucinogens like all kinds of stuff and so it's just like a consistent like trip and you're just like i, don't, I think they just kind of pickle their brains to the point where they're like pickle I believing pickle this used in that way yeah tough but anyway the first episode i la- I watched up to the first episode so i'm gonna watch more but it ends with them being like i think because she dies that's like how it opens is she's dead and like they're coming trying to figure out like what happened was it a it, murder so the first episode ends with them being like i think she'd still be alive today if it wasn't for that last father god and then they introduce you to the scariest man you've ever seen in your life with a beard Long ponytail, just like looks like just like a villain from like a Cormac McCarthy kind of movie, like book, just like the old, road, the road, old west, just like scary and just like anyway. So interested to see that, but anyway, so obviously that's a boys club and that it's a cult. <laughs> but God is a woman and it's her, I guess. Stop joining cults, and that actually I think <laughs> does relate to your seasonal depression because I think you're not in a cult because you have like the self awareness and reflective skills to be like, what am I doing? Where am I going? And and. And yes, I'm sad. Yeah. Whereas these people are kind of like trying to like fill their sadness by yeah. joining a cult. What was scary to me about it, because like I feel like some, like obviously when you watch like cult documentaries, like there's always like the fear or there's like this like, oh my God, how do people fall into that? How do people fall into that? And for some reason for this one, I was like, I have re- I recently enough had a mushroom trip that wasn't great that I was like, I could remember like the feeling of feeling unsafe on that. Halloween? Yeah. I fainted. And so it was just like, ugh. So I like just the 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 recency of that, and just like how physically feeling in my body like unsafe because of these things, and being like, oh my god, you get there, and the second you're there, you're like on these drugs. It's like, oh my god, I can just ima- I can just for the first time I like could connect to these people in a way that just like that like shook me up even more. One time I fell in love and I lost all control over what I wanted, who I was, what I was doing, and I feel like that's similar to be like joining a cult. <laughs> you don't think it'll happen to you. The cult of love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's my boys club. Are we ready to bring our guest in? Thank God. Thank God. Boys, our guest this week is an incredible comedian. You've definitely heard her song, 100 Tampons, on all kinds of platforms, which was first on Comedy Central, so definitely check that out. Um, She's got more amazing songs where that one comes from. We're so lucky to have her with us. Boys, please welcome Marsha Belsky. Thank you, boys. What's up? I'm so happy to be here. You were shaking your head. Had you heard of Mother of God? Okay, yes. I, I haven't seen it, but my friend Arthi texted me. Um, cause she watches a lot of like really scary documentaries, so <laughs> yeah. it's really hard to choose which one to watch, but that one I always thought is so interesting because like female cult, you yeah. know, we're making progress. Like we're finally getting in there, yeah. you know, it's one for the girl bosses. Yeah. But unfortunately, after the end of the first episode, you realize it was tarnished by a man ultimately. Yes, of course. And I also when wondering like, is Ariana Grande legally responsible in any way <laughs> for the song? God is a woman. And True. that whole trend. I have a joke about like, um, I hate when people say that God's a woman because it's <laughs> like, that's such a bullshit cop for the patriarchy. It's like, know that she would have done better like we would have been like if god's a woman i'm gonna go up there and be like hey what the fuck is your problem like why are you not a girl's girl like why why do you hate yeah why did you create it this way why would you do that of course like really religious people like would get upset at that i'm kidding but i don't think with cult dogs i feel like i try to start i try to start that one with the people that have a soulmate the twin flame this is the thing i always thought i would not get sucked into a cult i really was confident about this for so long and then the pandemic hit and i was like that beginning times i was like this would be the time they could get me yeah i could get into a cult like if they were just like yeah we'll give you like a boyfriend in a house it's like cool yeah (laughs) Yeah. 
it's always so it's always so dark when you see like these people talking about how they got into it and like what their life was like at the time and it's like oh you just needed friends like you just needed 100%. a fucking like trivia group or everyone something. who's like aunt randomly ended up in scientology like they're always just like yeah and you know we've We've been worried about her for a while, <laughs> yeah. but now I'm becoming that aunt. Like now, like, you know, it's just hard. It's like, I feel like I had to work so hard to scroll away from those tarot readings on like TikTok where I'd be like <laughs> in a really dark place. Like work, I was working this horrible customer support job, literally wouldn't speak to people, see friends for like days, weeks. And then you like get online and they're like, that person who hurt you, they're thinking about you. <laughs> they love you. And I'd have to be like, no, this is crazy. Scroll away, scroll away. But then I'm like, they could have gotten me. Yeah. I was so close to being in that twin flame stock. That's so hard. Whenever. I got to watch that one. <laughs> Not really. Cause they're like, those are really, they're like, no matter what, it's like stalking, encouraging. Oh, behavior. Well, yeah. what's dumb oh, about God. them is that I think I kind of like start them. D- documentary should be divided by crime because it's like you start it and wow. you're like, is this going to be a murder? But and if not, I'm out. Mm-hmm. But don't you want to be compelled by the storytelling? Yeah, but I want the storytelling to involve a murder. I want it to be like. Someone I hate the murder because I already overthink like just sort of the possibility of murder. Like yeah. I feel like when I found out murder was a thing as a kid, I've sort of not been okay with things since. So I was the same, but for abduction. I abduction like for second, sure my parents were like you'll be taken and you'll never see us again and i was like totally yes like, i mean it's only a matter of time like i really <laughs> i think to i be... was too mouthy of a kid even for an abductor <laughs> i really think that even by age five i was the type of person they'd be like this is too much let's go find someone cuter and simpler <laughs> also like boys i don't think were told that we would be abducted like i think that was very like elizabeth smart vibes and the yeah. boys were i love fine. your joke about that where you're like oh but boy he's fine and they're like and you were like well they don't know about me yet <laughs> and if you want to hear that joke you need to find me live and wonder if i'll do it and wonder uh, and go see <laughs> and beg for it even yeah. yeah yeah i this this one was crazy though just because like it was oh my god in it so it start like it's also interesting because it's all like on the age of the internet and it's funny because they're like yeah like mother of god obviously uses the internet because that's how she manifests in this lifetime and it's like yeah whatever you guys need to tell yourself but and, and those it, were the people i was scrolling away from on yeah. i'm sure she was one of them because they'll have like two hundred thousand likes and they'll be like i pulled the king of cups you're about to get ten thousand dollars i'm like well i will i want that <laughs> truly they're i like used to think that every man me. that i'm thinking about is also thinking about me but then I did like it's like oh I'm obsessed with this person they're probably thinking about me like that's how like the world works and then someone told me that they think about me a lot and I've never thought about them and I was like <laughs> don't tell me that. you're ruining my theory that's where the everybody plays the fool is like important to remember because it's like you can get really delusional and hurt when you're the one that likes the person more and then like right after you'll be in a situation where like they're the one that likes you more and like you'll realize <laughs> like you're like oh yeah like I don't do this now though because I but I'll be like yeah oh I'll like their posts not because I'm like in love with them but because like I don't care you yeah. know but then whenever like someone like ends things with me and then still likes my posts I'm like just message me if you <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm posting for you that's what love is love is just kind of like a, sh- a, a trading back and forth of who has more power who cares less no. I think Taylor Swift has a lyric about that yeah uh, but I hate because then it's like I now just feel like I'm so apathetic and then it's like but I want that equal situation like I think it ebbs and flows for sure I can't sure. even imagine such a thing <laughs> I literally cannot even imagine two people that are equally attractive equally right for each other equally successful but it does happen I have to believe but I don't think you have to be 
like I know completely I said so many problematic equal right in all those things, like equal equal meaning, like what you know what I mean, like in all those things, exactly. Well. Like, especially when it comes to like success or things like I that, it's like you're on different. Like that's just like a word that's could not be a consistent match. Thing. Is match the right word? That's why I just yeah. it's like a good match when you shift away from the ego and just focusing on to like a good match. Yeah. Okay. Taylor Swift says <laughs> this is looking like a contest Uh-oh. of who could care less. Wow. Wow. That's I don't beautiful. remember what that song is. Well, my time person of the year. That's oh, was she time person? Oh, of the yeah. Year? She's not gay, but she is holding a cat in her photo. So I don't want to tell you about and it. And she's yeah. probably gay. And she's probably she's gotta yeah. be. She's, she's gotta be. Yeah. To me, you know my Taylor Swift conspiracy, which I'll share because I, you know, I have some inside tea, but I won't share that because I don't want to be sued <laughs> and because it's also like i don't i don't think i could get sued we for libel when i'm like somebody told somebody that somebody else it's like not true at all she's like i'm not gonna sue you because you don't know anything i would be beyond shocked if you got sued from the boys club podcast <laughs> she listens to it you never know that's the thing is she does have her she ears has on access the ground. to spotify so you know you know she is on spotify we know this now about her but um what's your theory well okay Taylor Swift is money machine. Mm -hmm. Like that is her main MO. Like she cares about money and her business. And so to me, it would make complete sense. It would make more sense than not if she sort of sells off the position of being her boyfriend and then whether she's queer or not dates other people secretly. And to me, like, okay, maybe the Travis Kelsey thing isn't fake because he's like a himbo. It's giving me like, you know, sort of like, um, I don't know. Like to me, it's like when you do date men, you want them to almost be like sweet and good tempered so that it's like maybe they've never heard of misogyny. But when you tell them about it, they're going to be like, that's really fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And he loves gay people because I Googled Travis Kelsey gay people and good things came up. He seems like a decent person from what I gather on the Internet. Also, my sister's friend went on several dates with him before he started dating Taylor Swift. And my sister shared like went out to the club with him, shared an Uber home with him. He like made sure she got home. okay. so I was like, all right, this guy seems he seems okay. And, this and if she's acting as a beard for him because the NFL is super homophobic, maybe that's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't ever like accusing somebody of like being gay because I feel like it is in some ways like homophobic, like the speculation in a way that we all play. But it's also like to me, it's more of just like how like capitalism and homophobia and the entertainment business and sports especially yeah, still works. so behind. And to me, it's like it would the two industries especially that are you know straight boys clubs that shouldn't be in a way which is interesting is like if you want to be a mainstream film actor or even a mainstream television actor or if you want to be in sports you still can't really be gay and expect the same career especially as a man i'm interested to see like jacob alordi is apparently out as bi yeah but i guess that's I don't know, but I guess maybe it's because it's so like, I know it kind of sucks that it seems like the only way to like do it is to be like, if asked about it, to be like, yeah, like whatever, but like not, I don't know. They'll also allow it in some ways, I think, which is why it's hard because I think in sports you're countering a lot of internal homophobia as opposed to like external where I saw that play, um, Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting what it's called. But it's the one that Jesse Williams, like everyone freaked out because you like see his dick. Yes, I remember you talking. I don't um, know what it's called either. Someone else came on this podcast and told us about his boys, dick. Boys, boys, um, what's it called? Um, I can't remember. But 
I'll figure it out. Everyone look it up. You know what I'm talking about. And Jesse Tyler Ferguson is in it as well. Right. So, but there's a whole part, basically in that show, there's a baseball player who is supposed to be kind of alludes to different people. He comes out as gay and the whole story is about how that just changes how the masculinity functions in private spaces. Because like, for example, none of them are conscious of the fact that they're nude or see it as a sexual thing at all until he comes out as gay. And then suddenly they're in the locker room and they're all very cognizant of the fact that they're nude and suddenly it's sexualized in a way that it wasn't in their minds before at all. So that's where like a lot of the homophobia in the sports world still is. And so to me, it's like if you're gay in sports, if you're an actor, I think in some ways the mainstream might slowly allow people who are hyper masculine and meet the norm in that way. Like Jacob Elordi is tall. He's big. He's got a deep voice. Like, I think. Yeah. And because that's you see that in Broadway, too, where it's like Broadway doesn't care if you're gay, but they won't let you play a role unless you can convincingly like, quote unquote, play straight. Like there's still a lot of discrimination. Like Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Like Hugh Jackman, which is basically if Modern Family is making jokes about Hugh Jackman's gay, that's like an (laughs) open secret. There's literally a joke in Modern Family where they like allude that he's gay. Yeah. I just found out last night that it's like like he's like out in the Broadway world, but like like middle America. So many people are out like in Hollywood and stuff, but it's the secrecy around. And that's like it's like the boys club of the industry. It's all about this image and this like American like sort of straight white norm. Totally. Wasn't Channing Tatum bi? Did I imagine that? Yes, he was. But he I feel like he undid it. I don't know if he undid it, but he is like no one ever talked about but it. But I yeah, think about it. Daily. I remember hearing about that in like middle school and being and that being like, whoa, he's bisexual. That's crazy. And then like, yeah, but it's not been like on the forefront of his. To me, like brand. I'm kind of one of these people that thinks that like every single person is bisexual. For like, sure. and everybody is kind of like you only say that because you're bi. And it's if like you're not grow up. Because really, like, because it's like people are like, well, what about people who are fully gay? I'm like, well, a lot of them get drunk and grab my tits. So <laughs> I don't really believe they're completely gay. <laughs> like, also, like, if I had just stayed with bi, would I be a film actor right now? <laughs> I think you can well, identify as gay. I just think on the Kinsey scale, I feel like everyone's a little bit bisexual. Yeah. And then it's like, especially people who are like super in shape. How are you going to have a six pack and not just like be like, yeah, I'm open to fuck everyone. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like when you're that hot, anybody's your option. Like if you're a guy who's straight, quote unquote, you're lying to yourself. And that's why it's sad because I feel like even when I was figuring out I was by, I'm like, how could I have not realized this? But I still knew I could sort of safely step out and figure things out and then run back to being straight if I wanted to. And like, I still kind of can go back and forth. Yeah. Like, But with guys, it's not as... Yes, I asked this man the other day who is in the comedy scene, who has a girlfriend who's also in the comedy scene, not Nico, but (laughs) I was like, so are you like, like, just like, I'm not hitting on you. I just need to understand, like, are you like bi kind of? And then his girlfriend thought that was crazy. And I was like, no, but what I'm trying to say is that we know so many women that are bi. It's like this whole thing. And now, but there's been no movement in terms of men at all. Because we're allowed. And we're also a little bit more (laughs) permitted to explore gender stuff because the world loves when we can be like more masculine and stuff. Like, but not that there's not like horrible transphobia all around. Like just in terms of there's so much punishment around any desire towards femininity. If you have like, if you're born masculine, that's why it's like, can't believe you would like toes to be guy. <laughs> wow. Like, uh, or like anyone who like wants to be a woman. I think that like, 
certain cis straight men don't understand that because they're like they understand their society oppresses women and they're yeah. like yeah you yeah. know and that okay that made me think about harry styles and how people are accusing him of queer baiting and it's kind of like or is he exploring gender in a way that actually isn't problematic and like maybe we all should be doing and like allow him to do that conversation it's always so tough because it's always multiple things happening at once where it's like that's where i think people will shut people down by being like oh it's queer baiting or even like when i was first figuring out what was bi i didn't want to tell anybody unless i was like in a relationship with someone who wasn't a cis man because like it just felt like oh you're trying to but then you do also have people running to the front of a movement that they don't really face the full consequences for and people awarding Harry Styles for this like stuff that other people have done before him, but because they can't actually like, you know, he's seen with women and he is, you know what I mean? It's hard to verbalize, but it's like a lot of things happening at once. It's like, yes, I think that too often we praise the straight white or cis white version of and the whiteness is a huge part of it is the problem and it's like when it's an individual people always want to go like well let him be and it's like there's truth to that don't you know let him be but also it's like you have to acknowledge this would not be as freely celebrated like it would you know it just wouldn't it just wouldn't like i think that frank ocean's fluidity was treated very different Mm -hmm. than harry styles like you know definitely and yeah and it's like he gets he gets a pass on it because of like all the other reasons he's privileged, like, like we're saying, but at the same time, it's like, I guess like I'm trying to also just be like, you know, if he makes some middle America and if same with Taylor Swift, if any conversation about her queerness makes some of like middle, middle America for lack of a better term, like think about these things, I guess it's not negative. It's the soft, like poking up, but it is also, but I'm in this radical. thing in Brooklyn where it's like, ugh, watch me get canceled for this. Cause I know this is going to sound bad, but it's like, there's a tough thing where there are certain, um, masculine presenting people who will like be functionally straight in every way, be functionally cis in pretty much every way, but they'll like paint their nails and then treat women like shit. Yep. And then be <laughs> like, I'm queer. And and then use that to deflect against like criticisms of their patriarchal behavior. And that's the only time where I am kind of just like, I'm not trying to invalidate you, but you don't get to block criticism by being like, look at my nail polish. No, totally. Like people do that with so much fuck boys are painting their nails these days. I paint my nails, but you've heard my voice, boys. (laughs) (laughs) You've heard me talk. And that's the thing. Now they've like I feel like, yeah, now when I see a guy with painted nails, sometimes I kind of assume he's like a straight fuck boy before I think he's someone genuinely fluid. Like I said to someone I was like, I said it to my dad. I was like, what's crazy about nail polish is like the straightest way I could do it is like in a a very extreme color because then it's like there's a fuckboy energy to that whereas if i did it like really pretty or like chrome or like pearl then it'd be like oh i care and i made this beautiful thing my nails are beautiful <laughs> yeah a lot of them paint their nails black yeah and they're chipping and, and they're like, chipping and it's like up. at least make them look nice literally tuts. but there's like i feel like there's a similar thing and maybe this will get me canceled too but obviously this <laughs> let's is all get let's canceled all get canceled on the boys club pod boys we're gonna be in the cancel boys club <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, but I'm not going to stop anybody from consuming what they want. But people are like so amoral and have such short term memories. And then my thing is then they want to put me and be like, it's fine that I like him. Right. Say that it's fine. And I'm like, I'm not going to like give you my blessing. And why are you even asking me? Like, I feel like I'm just backed into this like social justice warrior corner that I was in when I first started comedy. Like, and I'm like, aren't we past this? Like, aren't we all allowed to just like who we like? And it's like, 
you like who you like but then i can register that certain things don't offend you that do offend me <laughs> yeah like, for sure and we can just know that about each other like, you just describe free speech but like they're like a kind of like a nice like metaphor yes because it's like no like you can say what you want but that doesn't mean but that they want to say what they want and then you. when i criticize they're like you hate free speech i'm like this is my free speech yeah they're like but uh, women weren't supposed to talk <laughs> <laughs> and i think something that people who are not in the comedy scene don't recognize is that what not only do we have to like listen to you know, comics like that say things that I don't really vibe with at all. And b- not only do we have that, but we have the trickle down effect of all his impersonators and all these idiots that we have to be with at shows who are also trying to do their jokes about autism. And it's like, they think they're so edgy. Cause that's, that's like the point real, like actually talented edgy comedians like Anthony Jeselnik understand that it's like, the point is not the gasp and the offense. Like you're not supposed to offend people. That's not funny in yeah. itself. Like, and there's a lot of people who like, you know, think they're doing what Bill Burr does, where it's mm-hmm. like Bill Burr. And I'm not saying Bill Burr is perfect. I don't always love everything he does, but I do think he's very talented, very funny. Agree. And does it and has a more correct opinion most of the time than you would assume. Yeah, I agree. But he um, he he does do this sort of like white guy talking about white women thing. And it's like, listen, like we're all white <laughs> like <and it's, laughs> we're all bad like yeah. <laughs> but um but he like does a thing where he'll start with an idea like he'll say something like you know um i want to hit my kids or something and you're like that's awful that's awful and then he tells a joke in such a way that by the end it's like funny that everybody in the audience is agreeing like understands where he came from yeah and he's twisted the offensive thing on its head to almost sometimes where he's almost undermining even his original yeah shocking thing or whatever that's kind of his style in my opinion he winds it back to a surprising place yeah but you go to open mics and these guys just say the offensive thing. They don't wind it anywhere. And then when you yeah. don't laugh, they go, oh, too edgy for you? <laughs> uh, no, just not a good joke. You're just not yeah. writing good jokes. And then anytime someone doesn't laugh when you use a slur, you say like, oh, I guess we're all just PC. It's like, <laughs> no, there are plenty of funny people that are not PC on all ends of politics and yeah. scales and, you know, sexuality, everything. Yeah. And it's like some of them write good jokes and some of them don't. I mostly hate bad joke writers. No, totally. Yeah. And I think that's like what the, yeah. So that's like the trickle down effect of those things is that we unfortunately have to be in it with all those. Like I was just on a show the other night where there was like two dudes back to back who were doing jokes about like autism. And I was like, just like, so just not funny and just like unnecessary. Like uh, in no way was it like well-crafted or interesting or anything. It's so, yeah. There was a while in like, probably 2015 it was like right pre-trump because i think that once trump was elected things slightly shifted but it was like every single white comedian has as like a writing exercise tried to figure out how they could say the n-word in their act in a quote-unquote acceptable or ironic way and now i feel like you see that with autism or trans jokes and like and still with racism of course like and just with them trying to figure out how they can like be ironic and quote unquote get away with it. It's like, but the thing is you're always going to get away with it with a white audience and you're not going to tell those same jokes in an audience that's full of people that you're ironically quote unquote talking about. Like, and if you can make them laugh, great. Like, but I think most of the people like, like there's all this controversy over Matt Reif Matt Reif, when he started, I think, did kind of this quote-unquote urban white guy comedy where you're like, 
kind of putting on this like you know character yeah and then in an interview he goes oh my least favorite city to perform in is atlanta <laughs> no shit yeah i bet they don't like you in atlanta yeah yeah i'm sure when like the, the most diverse comedy scene probably in the country is not stoked about you i mean i don't think that's a coincidence <laughs> yeah. so it's like you know you feel all safe when you're in maine yeah talking your shit about autism or racial issues or whatever yeah but there are some like street guy comics like that that they not straight guy street guy i meant like you know sort of like dirty old school comics they're doing racial material amongst diverse crowds to me i don't think that that's necessarily morally perfect but to me that's a different thing yeah. than somebody who's going to right-wing crowds telling racist jokes to white audiences mostly yeah. you know totally so. yeah it's like we're not even like we're having a conversation in the room among people that are on affected by this in different ways or not affected by this at all it's like we're only talking to people who are not affected by this at all yeah it's a lot about who the audience yeah. is where it's like you have these podcasts where their audiences are incels like yeah. there's this famous podcast that i i won't name but i feel like people could narrow it down to three and they did a show at caroline's and a guy who worked at caroline's r.i.p not the guy, Caroline. <laughs> the guy is still alive. <laughs> but um, a guy that worked at Caroline's told me that their show sold out <laughs> within like a few minutes, but that every single ticket was an individual ticket. So that means no groups of friends, <gasps> no dates. Normally, when there's a big headliner, there's people buy whole tables or they at least go on dates. There's a lot of dates. Yeah, totally. Sold out within five minutes, individual men. Wow. And Wait, it's like, that, I feel like we're, I feel like you're. A guest on a documentary and you're like <laughs> this crazy thing happened that's we walked wild. in there was blood everywhere <laughs> it, <laughs> it was, was individual all individual men. incels that's crazy that's their community it's the only time they're together what too. a weird like what a weird vibe in the audience if because like sometimes there's somebody that's there by themselves and it's almost like it's like it's and it's usually a, a queer loser with a journal <laughs> <laughs> is seeing the new york and it's like the reviewer wow who's really not safe the reviewer from the new york times who's like i'm in danger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> caroline's on Literally. broadway imagine though that's you're asking so everybody who'd you come with oh just you oh just you oh, that's oh but they're not talking God. to each other like they're like probably i mean i don't even know how a show like that would work and i'm sure there were some groups of friends but and still. some women there but it's like and they had also, once these podcasts kind of, there's a big divide that happened after 2016. They even wrote some article called like the comedy civil war. And I think what it really was is kind of like where the divide, like a lot of people who were doing these sort of right wing jokes, it was suddenly not a joke anymore. Cause it's like, they're actually unironically supporting Trump or they're on these yeah. far right incel or racist like podcast networks. And they did this one um at a venue and it's just the energy is so it was so unhinged where like a friend of mine was a photographer that had been working with these guys that i had been telling her like well not you know not like in a luxury way but that we had all known were yeah. becoming extreme yeah and she went to one and they're quote-unquote ironically chanting white power and it's all these oh my god white guys because it's all it's all people who they call each other like faggot or make 9-11 jokes or like all that type of humor where it's like you're middle school boys and that's the thing i'm not gonna tell you you can't do that they make huge money they have huge audiences yeah. like those people technically need community too i just wish it were in a healthier way <laughs> yeah because it's think like this is largely okay was it like this before is this a tr post trump thing is this a post tiktok thing like, is this... This is, I think it's a misogyny being funneled into internet extremist communities thing. Because yeah. it's like the internet just uh, is a tool in all ways. It's a tool for activism. 
but it's a tool for fascism and for extremism as well because you can kind of find your niche safely online. And it's guys who are having trouble socializing, having trouble finding purpose, feeling like something's been really stolen from them with like feminist achievements and things like that. Yeah. And especially in comedy because any boys club where they're even getting a taste of what they felt was owed to them, especially if they've never actually verbalized that internally. Cause what I noticed, like when I, when I moved to New York, like 10 years ago, still very much a boys club in comedy. Yeah. You know, things always have little niches and stuff though. And I feel like a lot of us gravitated out to Brooklyn, but you had, I feel like only the sort of mediocre guy comedy comedians would say things like, you know, girls are stealing my spots. And it's like, yeah, I realized that, but I realized that it was factually true in a way because it's like, I am taking your spot. I'm not taking the spot of the guy who's funny and is going to keep being booked. I'm taking the mediocre guy's totally. spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're identifying that. And they especially hate to see a mediocre, unfunny woman that they feel was just put there as like, you know, an add on because then they're like, especially she's taking my spot. And I think subconsciously they're like, and she doesn't deserve it because we're both bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it's like, but we get to allow, we are allowed to have bad sets too. Like, yeah. you know, but so yeah that's such a good point that it is because they're never if they're i mean if this world doesn't love anything more than a talented man and so like or a handsome man or who or even an untalented like, man they'll to be all honest. be so fine they're gonna be fine and it is like those like yeah but and it, they're not the ones complaining usually there are some of them that have everything in the world and are still mad and i think that's just because they didn't the reward system they promised themselves doesn't actually feel as good as they thought it would yeah they don't understand how the patriarchy is like affecting them in that way that it's like yeah we are all set up to fail mm -hmm. except for like the top 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 one percent of this anyway and you were meant to believe that you were that one percent exactly and you're probably not and so although can i tangent and say i realize i do and maybe other people are talking about this like i do have an issue with how people not that you just did this but how people always focus on saying patriarchy is really hard on men as well <laughs> because it's true it's absolutely true and it's something that a lot of men don't realize but i feel like the reason like especially when barbie movie was out and stuff people were so focused on that and it's like because that's the only reason men would ever care about totally, misogyny totally. and we know that in a way so it's like we keep trying to focus on the fact that patriarchy quote-unquote also hurts men because yeah. they don't care that it hurts women no totally <laughs> like any medical problem women face it's always such an achievement if you can be like wait actually men get this as well and they're like oh well now let's put money towards it yeah <laughs> and on that same line of thinking it's something that it annoys me when people are like actually like your boob job is gender affirming care and your like facelift is gender and all this stuff. And it's like, yes, but it's like that. It's not about that. And we're not policing. It's not that. reduced and it's, terms. And it's like, it's like, okay, technically yes. And obviously yes, gender affects all of us. And we all are like ex expressing our gender all the time. And we're getting gender affirming cares in ways we don't realize. Why are you looking at me? No, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> One time I got filler in my jaw <laughs> and Nico made a joke that that was my gender affirming care. <laughs> but you know what I mean? When people are trying to be like, actually, cis people, this affects you. And it's like, it's not about them. Exactly. It's about giving trans people respect. And like, it's, it's, it, it be recognizing that we're all getting gender affirming care is not going to stop people from being transphobic. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think people do recognize that. And like, it's not, it's not changing anything. Do you know Caitlin Collins on CNN? 
That name sounds familiar. She yeah. was that. Uh, she interviewed Trump at a town hall, and they kind of like oh. went at each other. But now I think she's like, overseas. Anyway, um, but she's she, she such a class. You're talking like a mom who's like just like trying to remember stories from people you went to high school with. Do it, Kaylin Collins. She did an interview with Trump, and then they kind of got at each other. Anyways, now she's overseas. I heard her, I heard her mom is sick. <laughs> she the what, what you just described. She like she's kind of like a guy's girl, and she's like oh, really. Yeah in on the action and she like said faggot one time on Twitter when she was in college and then got in trouble for it and it's like that kind of it's like I think maybe I you searched need to my name because I'm like you know it's like when you like come up in like gay straight alliance it's like a well-placed f-bomb on a sort of an in-group but then I was like I feel like there was a shift for that where I'm like okay I not, I cannot say that word wait would you not say I think you can well because like this is my thing too is like I feel like 95% of gay men I don't care when they say dyke but there's like 5% where I'm like, I don't like the way you say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I call I it the D March. Have you heard me call <laughs> the it the D March? Or the lesbian the March. I don't really. It's actually inaccurate. I don't really <laughs> drop the F word like the same in like joking ways. I'll say it when it's like I'll talk to other people about other people using it. But like or yeah. like occasionally for like a really, really, really good friend. Like we're like they know like you know an in yeah. joke or whatever yeah did i say lesbian march and you internalized one time that that was wrong and offensive and you didn't say anything about lesbian it? march it's not sounds offensive it's just funny because it's, it's like exclusionary. it's not accurate and it is a it little is exclusionary, exclusionary. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i know you were doing it in, in as a means to not say dyke so it's like whatever everybody knows you're talking wait about. my mom said that word sorry she said the d-y-k-e word i was like you can't maybe she said Butch. I don't remember what she said. She said something and I was like... She's learning a lot in her work. Uh, well, she was one of our top 6% listeners and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> we got to get some bigger fans. <laughs> she just had some crazy Wait, shit. getting back to... This was what I was originally saying. I was going to get canceled for to circle back to our Harry Styles conversation and then we probably should start talking about boys clubs. But um, We've been talking we've about been boys clubs. I mean, that's all we talk about. But um, I would say also on like the... With like people using like whiteness and privilege to like gain access to the front of like queer movements that they probably should be more listening to is I feel like there's also people who maybe misuse like they them pronouns at times as a means to be like I'm super queer but it's like in practice and in like and just like in the way that they they're not engaging with it in other ways or they're not like I know. recognizing where they kind of how you know like not and like it's like you don't want to stifle anybody but it's just a part of the intangible stuff where it's like yeah and then when people make yeah. statements that people view as it's like we know what they're talking about though like yeah. you and, know and like it's those same type of people that are like also not like recognizing that like trans children and trans femmes to the front and like poc trans femmes even you know what i mean it's just like that is like who is really at risk in this community even though like all trans people are at risk but like those people especially and it's like i just it doesn't sit right with me when people try to like really co-opt and be like i'm oppressed because i'm like and it's like yes you're using the them pronouns and i'm sure like obviously there's a lot of hardship that comes with those pronouns don't come easy to people but like how in your life are you at risk it's always the multiple conversations and critical thought that people can't have because it's like can you acknowledge as one individual person talking to like the royal you like that maybe it has been a personal struggle for you to figure out your gender um and that larger than that you are not the most oppressed by this because yeah. that's what i think it is where it's like i think that people just internally struggle so hard and then once they get to the place where they're out and proud like they're just really centered in their own struggle which mm -hmm. is like fine we're all centered in our own struggle that's just a reality of being an individual yeah but you have to constantly be looking at both yeah like and it just like is a clear indicator to me that you are not engaged in the queer community if you don't understand that and that's what i think really 
like gets at me with like people that maybe use their queer identity as a way to like you know uplift themselves in this like race to the margins where it's like you're if you were more connected to your queerness you would understand where you stack up in this and it's about values because like look at Kristen cinema it's like i don't care if oh you're bi God. i don't care if you're queer i care what your values are like yeah. to me it's like you're not like to me that's like queer versus like gay culture too mm -hmm. because like to me queer is inherently political like yeah. if you identify with queer like and then it's like you can't like Kristen Cinema it's like you can't call yourself queer you're bi like you're not you know like okay oh. I have to talk about the Lucas Gage um the guy that he like just got married and divorced from the oh, they're Kim divorced. Kardashian guy. they've just announced that they're getting divorced and I watched that episode I felt unhinged energy. I'm like, they're either just doing blow all the time and fuck. have not come down. Wait, episode of what? Uh, the Kardashians, oh, where it's fuck. Lucas Gage and his husband go to like Las Vegas and meet Shania Twain was and get it married. It's a chaotic up, episode. Or was it on the Hulu? No, the new one. Oh, Wait, they're on that? that? Which I do watch because I'm evil. I, oh, I love that show. Am I thinking of the right person, the actor yes, from Wayne I'm behind. I just remember that episode, I'm behind on the, la on the latest season, but I'm caught up on the last three. But I'm obsessed. It's so evil, it's but so it's like, crazy. you know, I like to have, I like to put something on at home that I can ignore and not feel guilty about because it's like when you put on good television and like are on your phone, like you're ignoring somebody's art. Like you're yeah. ignoring someone that someone like poured their soul into. Yeah. And I really feel guilt for that. But like I can put on Kardashians or Housewives and no it's problem. like I zone in and out. Nobody's you watch, have you Are you caught up with Salt Lake City? I'm not caught up. But I love Salt Lake City. Somebody said that Salt Lake City is like a parody. If like if there was like a Real Housewives <laughs> parody, the fights are like parodies of Real Housewives fights. The way, like the Lisa Barlow of it all. Like I just, I mean, I love. The, I feel like those four women are my family. I love them so <laughs> earnestly. Like I, I want to get a Mount Rushmore like, of them. Accent is like so <laughs> crazy, and they're all just so like drunk and pill. When will Bravo be legally responsible for the amount of alcohol they apply these people <laughs> with? Literally. Truly, in like twenty years, it's gonna come out. Like yeah. the way that the it is edited, are gonna be bad. It Truly. is edited like a, sh a a comedy. There is a Shakespearean <laughs> yeah. element to it. Wow, like it is so the callbacks of it all. Like the tension. I've never watched one episode of Real Housewives. I, I am telling to. you for your art and your work, you need to watch this. <laughs> you watch too much so it'll kind of make you ill. It's like kind of being in a wave pool. Like you have to like make sure you don't overdo it. Yeah, it I was up till like four in the morning for like a month because I just started like catching up and I'm caught up very fast. But I just like those for are Salt my Lake. people. Yes. I almost texted you last night about that God the Mother and then I was like he doesn't need this right now because it was like midnight. I was like I don't need to keep him up I'm with gonna this. I'm going to watch that one though. <laughs> you definitely should. Of course first female cult leader gets murdered. Like know, it's like why man. can't we have any Thing. That's like if she was a lesbian. Well, first of all, if she was a lesbian. Maybe it wouldn't have been a cult in the first place. More just like a happy living place, right? Um, but they would have just had a house and it would have just been nice. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have just been nice. Well, that's why we there's my not a documentary we haven't heard about it. Is my green flag is that you have queer female friends. Yeah, and I'm single. And that's something to think about. <laughs> yeah. Because none of these It's normally just boys a photo do. of like 12 men, I know. I know. Like look identical. Yeah. I know. It was like, that's, I'm not trying to join that. The it funniest one, it was covered. like June 2020. And they're like posting photos of like 40 people together, like on vacation. And then being like, why are people mad? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. And it's like, you are ground zero for <laughs> COVID right now. Like, yeah, we were literally, we were really bad. We were bad at COVID. For a long time. Gay men. My community. Yeah. yeah. The well, community rich gay struggled. Men. Yeah. I aspire to have the wealth that the problematic ones have. Exactly. <laughs> um, should we start? What's a boys club that you are, would you say, not a part of? Okay. What's a boys club I'm not a part of? 
Um, okay, one that I'm not a part of, I would say, um, wait, I just looked at it and then I blinked literally <laughs> right again because I feel like I don't have good ones. No, there's no wrong answer. As um, you heard with ours, there's no wrong answer. Boys clubs I'm not a part of. Okay, I am not a part of any boys club that is pro daylight savings time. I've decided that my political platforms, um, <laughs> I have a lot of serious things that I believe in. And then I'm going to just tag in, throw on there some yeah. other extras, like how daylight saving times needs to end. I thought that they already voted for it to be over. Apparently, it doesn't go into effect until next year. And who is this for? Who wants it to be dark Agree. at 4 p.m.? Something about farmers and their kids. Something is that about wrong? Farm- so initially farmers, I think. But I think now, I think it's the airlines. I don't know farmers, but I would just assume they're against this. Yeah. <laughs> you have a farm. Well, I you don't. You have a farm, Nico. Can you speak for all I don't farmers? have a farm, but my grandparents live on a farm. That your half farm. And they've lived on a farm their entire lives. And I don't think they've ever mentioned it. So I don't think they care about it one way or another, to be Why honest. Why would airlines want us to do this? No, I think that originally they were supposed to, like Marcia said, it was supposed to be this year. But then I think the airlines weren't like... I don't think they'd fix their calendar. Like, I think they something gotta got to do a computer up. or something. something. It's like going to be Y2K when yeah. they try and do it. That's going to be the actual Y2K when they're going to be like the random day they just try and stop daylight savings time and all of our systems are going to collapse. And then I'll, they'll be mad at people like me. They'll be like, you did this. You <laughs> didn't Some want states it. don't even do it, though. It's like like there's like Arizona, I think. is, And I remember Indiana as a kid, too, they try and make you feel like they're like crazy. Like they're like. Yeah, and we all would do daylight savings time if it wasn't for Indiana. And you're like, why doesn't Indiana do it? And they're like, because they're selfish. Where are you from? <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> no. Wait, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. My wow. roommate one time um, went to Oral Roberts University. <gasps> The scariest place. Oral Roberts has like a good like I feel like vet program and nursing program. All this random. She was in a mega church. She went to a mega church comedy show. We should get into that. Oh Oh, my god! Yeah, (laughs) the real Christian kings of comedy. That was like one of them. (laughs) And they're like, y'all know that feeling when you're thinking about the Lord. (laughs) 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 Then you start to get your stomach starts to hurt. (laughs) If you complain about colleges, you could go to churches. You know. You can go to Oklahoma not has complain. some of the At least at colleges, they're not going to hate me. I know. <laughs> right. Necessarily. There was one time, this one college show I did where um, I like, sometimes I show, obviously like a lot of times it's like, there's a lot of queer kids there. And so clearly like they were the ones that organized this. And sometimes, like one time I went to the show at this really small school in Vermont and it was all the str- like dudes who hunt. like, sh- And then <sighs> one trans woman. And I was like, Girl, you brought me into the dungeon with you. Yeah. And I'll so be here for you. But that, like, like these boys are, are in for a long hour. They say that <laughs> I queer psych people. myself out though, and I have no idea like what their politics are, but I get so scared to say anything. Yeah. And then like afterwards, like a lot of them will be like like I'm always like, Don't judge a book by its cover. But then it's like the second that you don't, you get like Sometimes I've been on stage and be like, are they going to stab me? Yeah. They're Ugh. so scary. People are. So, I did a song about um, Me Too, like people who made apologies during Me Too. And this guy like stands up and starts screaming about Garrison Keillor. What? And I was like, if I get murdered over a Garrison <laughs> Keillor joke, I'm just going to be upset all around. <laughs> like, and I was just saying to him, like, he was so upset because he kept yelling like Garrison Keillor didn't do anything. And I was like, are you like his son? Like, are you <laughs> are you personally related to him? Yeah, like, it's like, what What do you have to say? What skeletons are in your closet that you're standing up for this really? show I right know. now? Jesus. It's crazy because they say that queer people really, I fe- well, I don't know if they say this. I've acknowledged, <laughs> I've noticed queer people don't seem to make a, have a lot of power sometimes in the industry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not. 
maybe take it back. But it seems like they do have power on student union boards. Like <laughs> yeah, maybe that's yes, the one place do. where we really yes, they do managing yes, the money. Yes, I know. They were like they were like when I booked a I booked like a decent amount of the shows out of that like NACA thing, and like the guys who like whatever the uh, college booking agents that do, they're like, wow, you really booked a lot. I'm like, yeah, because there's a bunch of gay people that need things to do on the yeah. weekends. Yeah, <laughs> like, college shows are so different each one because it's like some of the kids are like what you're really political, into. and a lot. It's so funny performing for just young like 18 year olds in kids. general because they're <laughs> so self-conscious so it's yeah. like they'll laugh and be like looking around like it all depends on how people react because nobody wants to be the brave one yes you know i've done ones that were completely silent because everybody's and then one time somebody laughs and then they cover it immediately yes. I'm like no come on but then they that, all please. will oh. like beeline for you after and be like that was so funny i'm yeah. such a big fan and then you're just like hey i was 18 i was like that too it's like when you're 18 or if you're just like a person in la that's why la shows can be tough because some la shows like they're still in this mindset that like they're on some reality show. Like it's like they're laughing like in, in the audience they're performing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like, which is fine if they're giving a lot, but when the you're way giving you compare nothing, the experience it's experience of being 18 to being just a person in LA. And it's being true. a regular schmegular. Cause it's like, you go to LA and you get a lot of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they don't, and it's like, they're like waiting and looking and they are just very concerned about who's seeing them laugh and you really need a low ceiling thing in that because if their laugh is swallowed in any way they're giving you nothing but also in LA it's like very easy to kill in a way because like when you just like formulate jokes and like have opinions (laughs) they're like that is crazy I know it's so who are we talking to though somebody was like I could never do it in New York I could never like do the like comedy scene there like LA is so much like like just because they were too scared Yeah, because you're weak yeah I always I know I'm like just become like such a bitch at this point but I'm like a couple people I know who like were like, yeah, I just never liked New York. And I'm like, that doesn't surprise me at all because you can only <laughs> function as like the darling apple of the eye of wherever you're in. Like they thrived in the small scenes and things like that. I never did. I always felt like people tried to kind of like, those were boys clubs for yeah. sure. The smaller scenes are definite boys clubs. And when I'll perform in random cities or like I went back to Tulsa where I'm from, a long time ago and it's like they were nice guys but it's like the people who run the scene are like you know six 40 year old guys who mm-hmm. book every show and are really into comedy and those guys will like a couple female comedians but tend to and i don't think they're misogynists i think that they just forget yeah. that women do comedy like <laughs> yeah. and so yeah but yeah but i i also don't relate to wanting to be a big fish in a small pond i think it's so much more liberating to be in a scene that's like really vast and that there's room there's more room it for is. individuality and people will come on. from la like they'll be actors like they'll come from like sitcoms or tv and they're clearly doing stand-up because it's a way to make money between gigs or they have a following now and they'll come to new york and be like what did I eat today? Or like something crazy happened on the subway. And it's like, no, New Yorkers are not going to give you that. That's why New York comedians are good though, because New Yorkers will not laugh for you. Yeah. New York audiences will let you die up there. Yes, if they, they don't will. find you funny. <laughs> they, will like, let you flop. they will let you flop and then insult you afterwards too, just oh to make sure God. you really know that you didn't do good. Wait, this was, I forgot. This was actually what my boys club was going to be today. I forgot about it, but have you guys seen these dumb phones that are coming no, out? What's that? Oh, I'm so We're just going back to flip phone. excited about it. It's kind of a hybrid. It's sort of like a, uh, almost like um, is a, it Apple? It's not Apple. Uh, Kendrick Lamar is actually making one of them, but it has like text, call, email, maps, music, like limited things on that, but no social media. And it's like suppose, and it's and it doesn't track your shit. You're oh. gonna get it though. 
no. dude, I want it. I want it. Like, I think you I can't I, have listen, that. I can't get rid of I, I would honestly if I got one, I would get rid of this and I would get like an iPod and like have like my because you need to have like Wi-Fi. You I, I absolutely you can't get rid of as a, as do they a, sell iPods. Do they? I was about to say do they still sell iPods? or some version or just like take the like SIM card out of this and just use it as like w- on Wi-Fi. Yes. But like I obviously we can't get rid of all these stupid apps that we have to have for our careers. Shout out to the big tech of the world. But but I do want to just I just I hate this thing. I want to throw it out the I window know. every day. I hate it. I feel sick. I wish I had like a landline so that I could actually like have my phone off for days. But yes. then know that if there was an emergency, like I would be reached. Yeah. Think about how like it would have been awful because like I'd be like waiting for somebody even with a phone just like freaking out. Like and I can't imagine like you're waiting somewhere 30 minutes and like just like should I leave like before you had cell phones? You yeah. Yeah. But it's really so, like, how romantic would it have been to just, like, have a landline and it's like, if I'm home, I'm home. Yeah. You do <laughs> if wonder catch if... Me, catch me, I'm catch on me, the catch move. Me, leave a <laughs> Was gay acceptance and inclusion so much a result of, like, <laughs> social media? Because we were able to kind of flock. You know what I mean? And now we're a fucking army. I actually think it was the original Queer as Folk on Showtime. That is the reason we have gay rights now. (laughs) This guy named Evan, who I lived with when I was 20 for a summer in New York, taught me to exfoliate, would leave in the middle of the night to go fuck older men. And he like taught me about Queer as Folk. And I feel like it was really a good character. Yeah, because he's very like, I'm a Justin. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Wait, we always forget about that. We always forget. I mean, they all are Everyone forgets about Queer as Folk because the L word was also on Showtime and it was so much more popular. And I was like. Which is huge for the lesbians because rarely is that the case. Yeah. Wait, they well, were if both you make them Showtime. all skinny and white, you can <laughs> True. Yeah. do a lot. I think my parents watched The L Word, but yeah. not Queer as Folk, which is really? interesting. Yeah. Well, Queer as Folk was like hard. Like it's it's like basically like hardcore porn. Like <laughs> it was just like, it's just like, dude, it's the first time I ever heard of like back rooms and like all this stuff. And I was so jealous. I was literally like, gay men get to just like have sex and not like, <laughs> yeah. and just like fuck and there's no like mis- like Jess Tom said the funniest thing to me when we were talking about like I always liked just sort of gay male like I guess you know not like, I never watched like gay male porn but like fan fiction and like stuff yeah. like that and then eventually would watch things and like Jess was like yeah it's because like you don't have to worry about a woman totally <laughs> that's how I feel I like I'll watch gay porn because I'm like sometimes because like if, especially if it's like rough stuff I'm like I don't I'm worried for her. I'm also I'm jealous of her. the prostate because I'm like, I wish that penetrative sex, sometimes it'll like hit your G spot or whatever, but it doesn't think, I don't think it's quite the same thing as how a prostate feels. And yeah. I'm like, I would love a prostate. I remember being like in seventh grade being like, I want a prostate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm annoyed. That's I would have so anal advanced. sex if I had a prostate. When I tried <laughs> anal sex, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It Thank sucks. You. I'm the side uh, <laughs> but if I had a prostate, I might like it. This is my yeah. bracelet. It's his side. Side. On the side. Do you know what a side is? What's a side? Oh, okay. tall? A side is so a side is a gay man who <laughs> like doesn't any longer want to have anal sex because he doesn't like it. Yeah, and he doesn't want to do Connor. it. <laughs> and it's me, and His I'm the Connor. I'm the first side, and <laughs> and the last, <laughs> and the last. And I'm trying to, but honestly, maybe I don't know. Maybe. No, 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 no. It seems like a lot of work to like prepare. Like and you have to, to do so much yeah. to get yeah. ready for it's it. It's a lot. To it's think like about. a full time job, and I just think that like we should. And you just can't eat stop. four hours. It's like taking medicine. It's like can't four. eat four hours before, two hours after. I know, and it's like <laughs> I worked hard to have a normal relationship with food. I give you a tootsie pop when you came in. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I appreciate that. and I ate two beef jerky sticks <laughs> were they the, we uh, the jalapeno type oh, you want one? they were no, really okay. good maybe after i leave um the problem with sides is all the other ones they do exist but all the other ones i've met are 
weird. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, God, I want my community to be fucking normal one time in my life. I want to be part of a normal community. It's because there's so much, I feel like, pressure. It's probably because of, like, heteronormativity where it's, like, you know people like who like act like anal sex is like real sex and everything else is like just hooking up Mm. like we would just all be so much happier if everyone just like had sex in the way they want the amount they want like i had to take myself out of hookup culture but it just sucks because i'm like i want to have sex but when i would have these like casual it's like i can't get what i need casually because it's like you have to explain things and you have to like so vulnerable to like talk to i i also always struggle with that like i i don't ever remember having casual sex that i enjoyed no no and the first and like speaking of like how heteronormativity bleeds into like queer stuff like i remember the first time i had sex with a girl i was like talking to my friend after and she was like did you have sex and i was like i don't know i think so did it count like i was like does this count and she was like yeah and i was like, <laughs> like well oh. i don't know like i was like uh i think that counts but it's like the lines are so blurred it all counts it all of counts. course that's yeah but like especially when oh, you're no. young you don't know <laughs> at this point for me making out would be sex i'm like back i'm a born-again christian like I'm like, uh, yeah. just a kiss would just be nice. Just jeans, yeah. It's just, oh my God, I would love a dry hump more than anything <laughs> in the world. A winter dry hump is oh, like the yeah. hottest thing. I'm like, I'm at that point where I'm like going back to it. It's like, I feel like I started having sex maybe a little too young because I feel like we're all pressured into it and stuff. And I was so ready to be adult. I like lost my virginity at 15. And now I'm like in my 30s, like being like, I just want to make out, dry yeah. hump, like fall asleep, wake up, jerk each other off, fall asleep yes. again. Grab <laughs> the back yeah. of a neck. I just want to grab the back of every man's yes. neck. I want men to line up and I grab the backs of their necks <laughs> one by one just to see what the back just of their neck see, is Oh my like. gosh. That, that was the funniest part in that show, Pen15. I was like, this is the most accurate way to describe having a crush on a boy where they just zoomed in on like the back of his ear. Like, and just like his like baby hair is on his. I'm like, oh my God, being in middle school, like you're literally just like, Oh my god, the sweaters that he wears! Like, do you know uh, the Halsey song that's like "Eyes Closed"? It's a real bummer of a song, but it's like if I keep my eyes closed, he looks just like you. Acoustic version, slay! Wow. Oh my god, so when good. I'm in like a breakup mode like that, and you're like subconsciously trying to like find someone you like just as much, but smooching all people that just like remind you how much you <laughs> don't like them. That is the most depressing. But also, it sucks because artistically, I'm at my best in those moments yeah i am the funniest i write the most and i write the funniest shit that i've ever written when i'm like hurting over somebody yeah it the, sucks. there's a hosier lyric too that's like or hosier however you say his name hosier Hosier? but he has that lyric that's like i'm almost me again she's almost you it's like oh, oh, and my brutal. also biggest nightmare to be with somebody who's thinking about somebody else yeah, and i don't course. know that's why i just stay alone because it's like i feel bad when i'm like smooching somebody and thinking about somebody else like but it's so hard because you're always comparing to like the last person you really like. Yeah. No, how on first dates I'm like, are you medicated? What's your rent? I should be like, <laughs> are you in love with someone else? Are you in love <laughs> with somebody else? You have to tell me. I'm honestly going to start like that too because it's so embarrassing. You might as well go and just be like, <laughs> just start <laughs> that off that way. You have, you have unfinished feel. But there was that one guy who I was like, I think it was a third date. And I was like, and we had not seen each other naked. It was fine. And then I was like, so like who was your last person like what happened why did you guys break up and he said that was like too much and then we like ended the date right there and sounds like, like that it's was a fresh wound for him i know well it's like well, well and just that's good that. information though yeah. that's why it's so hard but it's like you have to ask those things because better for that to come out then that yeah. he's I so know. sensitive the bullet because took me to two bullet. bars especially you can't qu- even talk about it but you're on dates yeah. like i mean i'm sure in straight for straight people too but definitely with queer people and definitely with lesbians there is always an ex in the back that's like 
That's where I'm really struggling. (laughs) Nico, that's where I'm really struggling because in the queer commune, nobody is actually single. And it's like, and that's, it's just like, so, because the problem is too, I'm like, if you're in an open relation and you're like coming at me sexually, it's one thing because that's how straight men in open relationships will be. And straight women too. Like they're coming at you sexually. They're very saw you across the bar type of open relationship vibes. But queer couples i'm like you are pursuing me romantically and then i have to remind myself when you post on your instagram yeah. about your like <laughs> like 20 yeah. year partner <laughs> yeah. it's have, like, like okay multiple properties with yes because like- <laughs> it's like there and because i do think that like open relationships like i I'm like internally like I'm for them for other people, but it does also fuck with my life. I'm like, I turn like Republican all of a sudden because I'm just like, I want everybody to be in an open relationship, but I can't anytime I like somebody they're they're like, yeah, like, do you want to go on a date? Like, here's my partner of 12 years. Like they're fine with it. Like, like, I know it's so uh, dicey because I see it as a challenge. Yeah. I feel like I'll I'll get get you to unseat. No, I have to keep myself out because I'll get so attached and then be like, (sighs) it's hard though, because it's like, especially when they have a prior partner, it's like, and it obviously I know it's like not a competition and that's, it's supposed to not be a competition or anything, but it's like when push comes to shove Oh and you really need somebody, it's like if you're not the primary partner, like, do you feel you have? Like, I would feel exactly. I. It would be really hard for me to feel secure in that. It way. would just trigger. That's why. And also, it's like I would need a primary partner if I'm gonna be out doing that with other people who have primary partners. It's yeah. Like, I don't like to be. And it's also like, yeah, there. It does. You act like nothing's changed. But even when I was hooking up with a guy who was in an open relationship, and the problem is too, is that sometimes straight people are just doing soft breakups now. <laughs> they found out about the open relationship concept, so yep. instead of breaking up for the last two years they just complicate everybody's lives around them <laughs> and then they break up No, totally and it's like okay so i've fucked guys like that although now i don't do that anymore either but this guy was like over at my place and then you know where we had just gotten done hooking up and then his phone just blows up ding 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 and i'm like yeah this is like fucking a dude with a girlfriend like i'm like i know you're not cheating but it still feels like i just yeah. fucked somebody Who's cheating? Like, especially with like, if it's straight too, it's like nobody wants to talk about how gender privilege actually interacts in those dynamics. Yeah, and so it's like, but most of the open straight couples, I know, honestly, the girl is pulling way more. But <laughs> no. like, if it's ever opposite, like I do know one where they're like, they're like, we're open, but like she's closed because she doesn't want to be open, but he does, and it's like, no, that's just like sister wife shit. Yeah, yeah that's not that's not good. Like, I feel like with gay men, this this could be true for all people but the open relationship kind of solves the issue of like top bottom doesn't like anal top bottom side the three big pillars <laughs> of being gay <laughs> one of those three yep. and that it's like if sex can be removed from romance but can sex and romance and intimacy actually be disconnected and i don't it's i feel like I, it's so strange too because i'm like i never want to like fully gender like reduce things but it's like it does. It just feels like sex because of our society. Like I think it's that men are more in denial about how intimacy is involved in every single sexual encounter, even if it's like yeah. a casual orgy, like there you're still intimately connecting yeah. with other people. But I also long for sex without intimacy because I wish that I could enjoy casual sex, but I'm craving the intimacy. So yeah. I can't like, it's like I need the emotional, but I actually think I'm like demisexual or whatever, because like the more I always, I've overthought it to death 
And I'm just like the only solid in my thing is like there are people who are really hot that I'm just not into because like their personality is garbage. And I'm genuinely not sexually attracted to them once their personality is garbage. I feel that too, though. I mean, like, I definitely like there's definitely hot people that it's like if they if they suck, it's like, well, I judge my friends when they can just like they're like, yeah, well, they're hot. And I'm like, I know that. But like, like, I'm like, to me, I honestly don't even think I would enjoy the sex if they were just like a terrible person yeah like yeah no i that would be a deal breaker for me too but i also like i've like i said earlier i've never i don't think i've really ever enjoyed casual sex because it's so hard to like you like i'm really bad about communicating what i want unless i feel super comfortable with a person and i feel like there's already that like foundation but it's so hard to like ask for what you need and what you want so it's like well i'm just gonna commit to this isn't gonna be that fun exactly also my casual sex was from in like heterosexual situations in my like teens and 20s where like they would come and i wouldn't yeah like and it would just and i just thought that was normal and then finally i was like oh maybe i feel awful because i'm literally not getting off and they're using me yeah like it's (sighs) like so awful like it's like oh yeah i need to actually be comfortable with the person and it's like like guys don't well it's slightly changing but like at the time i never met a single man who actually even checked in if i came that still doesn't happen that's still so normal we're like afterwards and they'll even act like you're because they're done and then i'm just like you need to make me come and they're like uh, what? Like, <laughs> it's like crazy and i'm like now that's why i just stopped too because i'm like after i fought with two guys afterwards because i'm like well now i can't come because now i've had to demand it and you're so clearly not like trying yeah, and you're being annoying now. Yeah, yeah then i'm like just leave but now it's like i don't hook up with them again and now i just don't yeah in and general i feel like a lot of guys make the excuse where they're like i'm so tired after like i can't it's like well so if then you make know sure that about yourself first. Do it first yeah like it's like st- 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 so many excuses no solutions because they because they see us as objects like it's like literally so and these are guys that think of themselves as like liberal and even some of them the leftist men can be the worst of them all oh, and like yeah. because you don't want to Wolf acknowledge how it, exactly and they don't want to acknowledge how it actually affects their personal lives like they can see misogyny in these big academic ways but it's like what about the ways that you're treating women the way yeah. that you sow your wild oats the yeah. way that you export emotional labor and then think we can just be best friends. They're like, also like most prone to being like nihilist about things and being like so leftist and nihilist. And they're like, well, I don't give a fuck. And it's like, uh, how about you make an effort on your day to day behavior mm-hmm. and what you're doing in your life and your community? I'm too nice because I'm out here trying to come first. So I don't feel stressed. <laughs> so I can help out. <laughs> so you can take care of them. Yes. So I don't have to be like, oh, I got to do this. And I always exactly. knew you were a generous lover. Wait, you know I what? I always figured that about We're you. always going to wear masks when we make love. <laughs> Maybe not. But we're always going to wear masks. We're oh, like, gonna, like, like, Emotional mask. I thought you meant I was picturing like wearing like COVID masks. (laughs) And I was like, are we supposed to be (laughs) I was like, is there another wave we don't know about? (laughs) We're always playing roles. So it's like, what if the role we chose in love and also in everything was just like assertive and say what we want and what we mean Mm -hmm. this is the beginning of a movie and then you know (laughs) that's what i've been doing and so i've been single yeah (laughs) it's tough but i do know because when i do date now though and like or when i do have connections like it is from a much more authentic place and even when it ends it's like i'm not as like overly invested in a way that i used to be because i'm just trying to like take it a step at a time you know yeah we could reframe this as just like dom we're dom yeah and we're saying no, you need to help. And that's dumb. <laughs> in some but worlds. I want to be sub in bed because that's probably I'm so dominant in my like daily life that I think that sometimes people will date me because they think I'm going to like 
crush their balls like and it's like in reality i want to just like pillow princess like yeah. just like give me a massage and yes. then fuck me and let me go to bed <laughs> i think i'd become dom but i think that's actually a role where i kind of am like guarded and can't feel anything and kind of because i'm like like that mm-hmm. you know mm. shut off avoid it yeah some people yeah. have therapy other people have podcasts <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem with america right now yeah we don't have proper mental health care so we've all turned to podcasts turned, because turn the mics on you can't afford a hundred dollars a week but you can afford a one-time purchase of a yes. of equipment and zero dollars from your fans like, there you go <laughs> um, i can never commit to a patreon because then i'm like wait but then i have to do work i know and there's like weird i think the taxes on that are bad too Patreon. They're coming for us. Should we do our our next one? What's a boys club that you are a part of? Okay. A boys club that I am a part of. I would say I'm a part of the um, weather vigilante community. (laughs) Um, I'm very passionate about keeping track of the weather. Sort of a home educated meteorologist. Do you know what temperature is going to be on Sunday? Yeah, it's going to rain on Sunday. But be what? It's going to be 60. (laughs) Oh God, I hate you that. You tested me and I passed <laughs> <laughs> because Dude, I so do know excited. the weather. I know it will rain ninety percent chance, but like maybe it won't, and it'll still be sixty. Are you a farmer's almanac kind of person? Oh, I, I see. I want to go that far, but to me, what I love about the weather is how accessible it is now on my yeah. phone. Because I grew up in Oklahoma, which was Tornado Alley, but I they my family moved. My family is East Coast, and so everyone calls it that, or you just named it that. No, it's called that. <laughs> 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 I just named it. That. You came up with it right here. Yeah. So. I know, I'll be like, tornado writer iconic yeah <laughs> no tornado alley is the great plains kansas north texas oklahoma where there's like the most tornadoes in the country and the movie so twister is yeah because it's so hot flat. being hot for an hour and a half and we i watched twister when i moved like right when we moved to oklahoma when i was four years old and like i oh remember being, and my mom was like yeah so that's where we live now and i was like i hate you <laughs> they should not have shown you that so i was, was it on abc family it used to be on ABC Family all the time. They would play it a lot. Like once every fiscal quarter on a Saturday But with weird afternoon. edits and like uh-huh. bleeps and fake curses. Like you'd be like, you're a freaking maniac. <laughs> but like the worst ADR you've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> the old lady at the beginning. Oh my gosh. The I movie is traumatic. No, the movie is literally traumatic. That movie and Titanic were like the two scariest movies I'd ever seen in my life. But um, I was obsessed with the weather, like Doppler radar, as it's called, because you can because tornadoes hit very quickly, unlike hurricanes. And so like any time there was severe weather, you'd have to watch. And if you were in the red on the Doppler, it meant that a tornado could form. I watched the Weather Channel 24-7. I was obsessed with natural (laughs) disasters. I just thought it was so crazy. Like, and so now I still am. And I think because I really love tracking thunderstorms and snowstorms from a place where it's safe. Yeah. But I keep saying the tornadoes will find me out here because they're already, they're swooping in in New Jersey. Global warming, spreading them around. Oh my God. Is that a thing that's happening? You think tornadoes are going to become like more of a threat to us? I mean, they are becoming more of a threat in places they were not historically. I do not think they will hit new york city but it's scary because new york is surrounded by water and basically water tends to stop the momentum of a tornado but a tornado can hit land again after water and still be formed it's just very rare because have you guys ever seen cyclones the ones like over the water Oh, those are crazy. Water spouts, as we call them. Yes, I've seen those before. Those are pretty crazy. No, if a tornado hits, we would watch them on the lake because if a tornado hits the water, it just starts this little like water spout that's crazy. But is it that kills not a the tsunami? What's a tsunami? No, a tsunami, a tsunami happens when an earthquake happens under the ocean. And that's not a threat. 
Oh, it's a threat. Tsunami is a big threat, but not to, not to us, us really. because it's about where the tectonic plates hit Pacific under Coast the ocean. Is more Pacific Coast does, but the I'm pretty sure ecology tsunami water camp. also has to be warm, <laughs> right? You go into oh, a college camp. Yeah, and so like, camp. I think that's why it happens. Maybe to like I'm a wrong lot of though. Like, I think you're right though because I think that's why it happens a lot of like the like the Indian Ocean and like the like Southeast Asia like it's, it's a lot something of about tsunamis. it's a tectonic plate and then the underwater ocean mountains rise suddenly like thousands of feet and then it causes this huge wave because tsunamis also have after waves. Imagine you're a fish and all of a sudden. <laughs> I always think about that. I'm like, what are they doing down there, poor little guys? Yeah, and all of a sudden you're in a big wave. <laughs> you didn't mean but to. But also living in a place where a tsunami even like could hit because it's like it's so crazy because. I always think like I remember asking my mom like being like why would humans like build in a place that has like hurricanes and tornadoes my mom's like because every place on earth faces like a natural disasters thing, yeah. I was like but that, like God's crazy honestly <laughs> like, the northeast is probably if God was a woman and that's why it's so populated up here yeah I think in part I mean in part because it's where a lot of immigrants landed yeah, when they and came major here cities and stuff but definitely like because down south we got hurricanes and then Midwest, it's like a lot of, yeah, like tornadoes. tornadoes. And then West Coast. Now earthquakes, earthquakes are, there are now man-made earthquakes from fracking in Oklahoma as well. What the fuck? There was a quake-nado in Oklahoma. Not a quake-nado. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> an earthquake and a tornado on the same day. Oh, my God. I got like a news alert maybe yesterday. I never saw a shark-nado, but. I never saw what's it. What's that? <laughs> it's, I think, probably a water spout that's got a shark in it. So it's like. Yeah. <laughs> and the shark is just eating people. So exactly people. what happens when the fish, is, when that is like, you're just a shark stuck in the shark-nado. Wait, is that a real it was, this like like, it was some like sci-fi movie, movie that was made. like so bad that people got obsessed like a la sort of snakes on a plane but i think even like 10 times worse yeah like, it's a movie that got fully funded greenlit and i think they made like shot. eight million sequels made. too like all the way Sharknado through the student union board would moment. never put their money to that <laughs> no, this wouldn't. is why when it's like it's kind of two ways when people are like talk about something really bad and be like create your art like look this got made and it's like but there are two things going on because it's like yes like make everything because you never know what will pop off but it's also like that got made because it was bad because yeah. that is the cultural moment we are in <laughs> so it's like if you're making your art and it's like it could be not being picked up because it's bad it could also be because it's good yeah <laughs> like, so you really want that in the middle the that's a nice yeah. reframe yeah yeah um i also am obsessed with the weather though i'm always checking it and uh i maybe I, we talked about this briefly the other day before that show we were on we were talking about the weather and i don't remember if i said this but if so i'll repeat it but my grandpa like we said earlier he lives on a farm and obviously the weather is really big for farming and like you need to know these things so he has like and he just does like whatever the weather report from the news is but his friend lives on like the other side of something so he gets like a different news report so they'll call each other every morning to and be like get the and scoop get the cross examination because meteorologists are just people they're just interpreting information mm -hmm. and people get so upset yeah but the weather is not 100 percent predictable it changes like that and they're hiding the real doppler this is my conspiracy that's not even conspiracy anymore they are hiding because sometimes i'll be looking at the doppler and it's raining and it says it's not raining and i say but it is raining. Yeah. Sometimes the weather app on the phone, it's a little. And then you'll notice. So basically, Dark Sky was the best Doppler app that there was on the phone. Then Apple Weather bought Dark Sky and co-opted their technology as part of Apple Weather. Okay. And then you still have AccuWeather, but AccuWeather is owned by some like real evil Trump guy. And now no. they've put they've put certain things behind paywalls on AccuWeather. So my Paywall theory for the weather. I know. 
My theory is that they're hiding the real Doppler in terms of the by the minute Doppler that sports teams use Mm -hmm. because that's the weather apps that I like because I found it. I was playing in a softball league and they're like, no, we use this like official app where you can look at your exact location where you're standing and see by the minute when it will stop raining, when it will start raining. That's what they do for for professional games. Like when they get everybody off the field right before it starts pouring, it's like because they're monitoring that shit. Like. So I think they're hiding that behind a paywall. I wouldn't be surprised. So that the corporations can keep it for themselves. And sell it to us. Yeah. And they don't want vigilante meteorologists like me telling the real story. <laughs> telling the real weather. Meteorologist is such an interesting job to me because it's kind of like you're a model, but you also have to be a scientist. <laughs> and you have to be able to gesture backwards. I went to some like science museum and they're like, practice being a meteorologist. And it's like you're in a green screen and you are staring into the screen seeing the map behind you but you have to gesture opposite so like if on the screen it's to your left you have to use your right hand and on the screen it shows up as your left it was so like confusing. a soul signal instructor it's yes they say right I on the right but like they're like equally important like see something on my back and i'm in the mirror i'm always getting that wrong i'm always getting that wrong i'm too. always getting that wrong I, mean, I used to have to straighten my hair when I had long hair back in the day, I was always fucking. That I don't up. get, I don't get a lot of science stuff. <laughs> and somebody was trying to explain. Like, I don't get how like photos are like sometimes reversed, but sometimes not, and how in the mirror your words are like some. I don't get any of it. I just don't get it. In kindergarten, they blindfolded us and said, "Write your name on the <laughs> <Excuse> board." <laughs> I know that is not a good start. <laughs> they said, "Write your name on the board," and I just like wrote my letters one on top of another, and that they were like, "Now this is spatial awareness." Like mm-hmm. what? And it was just like. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm out. And I feel like it's that kind you of thing. You start banging it's your like, head on the ground. Spatial <laughs> awareness, like when you first moved to New York, like the whole like first two years are just like terror of like how bad your spatial awareness is. And it's like, you're like, I am like that white person that they're frustrated with for very good reason. Like, cause I'm just like, huh. and when I still get that wrong, I really get so upset with myself Me where too. I like accidentally, I'm just like in somebody's space. Oh, if and I'm in I'm somebody's like, way, I'm mad at myself. The or I accidentally hit, I hit somebody's hair when I was like leaving <laughs> oh, the bus no. the other and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think before I got robbed, I was worse. Because <laughs> he got <laughs> headphones taken off his head by somebody on a moped the other day. A woman on a moped. Yeah, a, a woman. woman. A Bonnie and Clyde. God, a now. woman's America. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but they, um, I feel like when I had the noise cancel, I was a little more. There would occasionally be someone who seemed mad at me suddenly, but I could only see them and not hear. Whereas like. That you really are in your own world and you don't have like you noise. Can, I'm I'm very headphones low or off, but aware because then it's like then if someone tries to talk to you, it's like oh, I'm listening to music. I can't hear you. But then it's like if something happens, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't walk these Scouting streets without out. any. No. And I know people do it. It's one of the senses some people don't have. But like it's hard to walk these streets without any sound. No, yeah. I. There was this, there was a guy the other day. Maddie and I almost got run into by this guy who had a walking stick, and, but he wasn't really like using it. It was just like straight ahead, and I was like, we were like, is he gonna move? Because I couldn't tell if it was like a walking stick or not. And then it all at the last minute, we realized it was, and we like <laughs> dodged out of the way. But I was like, he was about to skewer us. With that. It's hard to know which way people are gonna go too. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm like jumping around the sidewalk to get out of people's way, and then I just jump more. 
in the way. I know. And in the States, we're like state of the right, state of the right. But New York is such an international city. It's hard to tell. <laughs> Jesus. Like go to Williamsburg. Like York little city, little baby. Europe. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm always like running around the bit, like getting on the street to like get around people. I'm like such an <laughs> asshole about it. <laughs> I know that like Americans are like too tunnel vision and walk too fast. But it's actually crazy because it's like I cannot physically walk slow. And then you will have people that are like six wide tourists on the subway. Yes. Walking like scientifically and possibly slow. Yeah, it's that's like my issue. My issue is no yeah. longer. I don't mind slow walkers. I've decided. Max too. I've decided Max. it's an abreast issue, and also just kind of how people use their bods. Absolutely. Like, I just need you. You can walk and slow. Just let me get around. I yeah. was like at Wall Street trying to get to the ferry to go to the beach during the summer, and there was like this like swedish ass looking family <laughs> it's the only way i can describe it and it's the only way that wouldn't have been offensive the I only know. <laughs> swedish ass looking family with like so many kids they're just like standing out in front of their hotel and like the kit like there was nowhere to get around them and i stood i'm like excuse me excuse me the mom is looking at me politely ask her kid to move and then finally i look at her i go move like i was yeah, like, like get your, kid your fucking out of the way. kid and she's like and then, and then they'll go home and be like, these New Yorkers are so scary. Wait, bro. I just remember that when NYU moved in last year, I definitely, the gender dynamics of this might be weird. Sorry. I definitely shouldered this girl. She's in my fucking way. Like, I, like you were in my way. A shoulder check happens. You and got then her sometimes. parents it were kind of with her. And sometimes. they were so jarred. And I'm sure that they were here Welcome from miles York. away. Welcome like, to New York. Yeah. Even, even the gay man are going to shoulder you on the street. Get out the way. <laughs> I'm very aware when something like that happens that I'm very, that like I am angry gay guy. Like that I'm. I know. And I feel bad because then it's like the second, like two seconds later, you're the asshole accidentally standing in somebody's way. But I'm also just like. Whatever. Then when people yell at me, I'm like, yeah, that's my bad. Yeah. It's like, I went through a breakup one time. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm the victim here. Okay, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> it's like always when you're in a rush and it's like just people walking crazy. So like you dodge left, they dodge left. And it's just like, you can't do this to me today. Ugh, I, I can't. It, it will make my blood boil unnecessarily. I get so irritated on the street with people. I know. Um, Our last question for you is, yes. what's a boys club you wish to see in the world? Okay, boys clubs that I wish to see because Lord knows we need more and we need more <laughs> boys. Um, okay, I already said that I'm against anti, I'm against daylight savings time. So I definitely would like to see a boys club around people standing up to say daylight Enough's savings enough. time is wrong. Yeah. Enough is enough. We should at least have light until 530. We should have known when they promised us something good that they weren't going to deliver exactly. on that promise. Something that we thought was universally loved and they couldn't It's just it how happen. abruptly it hits because it's like you're just set like fall. The nice last fall days start. You're like, oh, wait, the leaves actually are like gone. Like they were falling, but now they're gone. And you're like, OK, OK, it's winter. I'm going to be OK. Next day, 4 p.m., dark. Oh, you got to so give me time. True. It's so You got to give me time to accept that I'm about to enter into seasonal depression. Because then also it's like you get Christmas. Christmas is fun. And then right when you're like, okay, maybe I will survive. Christmas, over. New Year's, done. January, and February, nothing. Oh, brutal. And then before and you know it, you have to go to Fire Island. <laughs> and you're like, who And then before am you I? know it, you're forced onto a beach. <laughs> You have to take your pants off. You got a ball hanging out. <laughs> you never wanted to be in a speedo, but you're trying to make but this relationship work. It's so you got to pay six hundred a night to share a yes. house. Oh my god! I was actually looking into it the other day to see what the it's too what the expensive. Deal was. I've never been to expensive. Fire Island, so I'm like, neither have we. You just have to have somebody who like confront the money for the house and like. But I never want to like even when I have the money, it's like people are not. Oh, you know what? Here's a boys' club I want to see. 
Venmo me promptly. <laughs> yes. If I'm fronting like some huge expenditure or Wait, if I I'm pay for a dinner, I, you know what? I'm actually going to do not air this episode because I will not <laughs> be on a podcast. <laughs> no, because like everyone obviously does it on accident, but some people are chronic where it's like, listen, if if I have paid like a thousand dollars to front for a house and have confirmed a million times that we're all in before I actually put the credit card down, Venmo me that second yeah. that you like, like my text that message. That is crazy. But because it's like you're on, you're already on the machine that's gonna do it. Oh, uh, and then people are like, and then it's also it's like I don't want our friendship to be affected by me literally being like, because I've had it where it's like you'll be like, hey, like literally like <laughs> no worries, so like could you just like please pay me? And they're like, oh my god, hundred percent. Then they don't. Yeah. Then you're like, he's second I don't want to be like this. But yeah. and then it's like, don't actually make me to the point where now I am mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was Jesse with me with Muna tickets. <laughs> She's like, I really concert need tickets, you to same pay me. thing. Yeah. Where it's like, I'll, I don't want to be. I wish I had the money to front and just not even think about it. And sometimes I'll like push myself to do that just because it makes me more uncomfortable to follow up. But it's like so stupid. But it's like, it, it is so easy to do with Venmo. I like know. we've, it's never been easier to transfer money between each other. One people will be like, "Oh my god!" Like you'll be at a bar and they're like, "Oh, you have a tab." Like, and I'm like, "Listen, here's the thing, I am happy to do that." But when you have a friend that chronically does that and then never pays you, like we all forget sometimes. But I feel like I'm anal about like a Lannister always pays her debts. Like I'm always <laughs> like, "How much was the drink?" Like do I, I remember you, you bought me a drink. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Yeah. I. But oh. I'm not perfect. I know so, someone's probably listening to this being I mean, like, none of us are. Do I owe you money? I don't think so. Tell him right now, Nico, if he does. <sighs> I'm trying to think. No, because you randomly paid me the other day for the tickets to see Priscilla, which I told you you didn't have to pay for. Well. I feel like with so- certain people, like you and me, we spend money together it all the time. It can go back I and forth. I never spend it's money like, on you. Oh. What are you talking I about? I don't feel like I do. But we're always doing stuff together that I'm like, it'll come out in the wash. It'll be okay. That's also. But there's the other people when like bigger groups and stuff like that or like bigger. Obviously, like if we had concert tickets, I'm going to make you pay for your. We always need one. friend. Well, and it is also nice when card. a friend treats and like it's nice because I feel like I'll be so in like, how much do I owe you? And like people will be kind of offended because they're like, we're friends. I'm trying to treat you like stop or like they'll be like, whatever, what goes around comes around. But sometimes it's like when you're like really nickel and diming things, it's like I cannot rely on like if, if I have a hundred dollars cash in my bank account, I can't have a $60 bar tab and yeah. just what goes around comes around. Yeah. I get anxious about fronting the bill for things because I'm too socially awkward to like be like, I need this money back. So I'm just like, just don't put yourself in the position where you are that person. Yeah. So I but then I so want the check solved. It's like, I yeah. want to just be able to be like card down. We're still having fun. Yes. I, that's what I love. Julia Zen. <laughs> yeah. She, our, one of our really good friends, shout out Julia. She has, um, always has the credit card. That's going to get her. Like she's always points. wanting to put it down. Cause she's got points and it's like, Thank you, mommy. <laughs> I love a friend like that. And I will always Venmo is the thing. I'm the person yeah. where I'm like, already Venmo you. Yeah. At the table, I'm like, I hear the chiching from like across the table. I'm like, that was me. And everyone <laughs> remember that you're supposed to pay her because I just paid. <laughs> Setting a good example. Yeah. Um, I also, I, I want to get one of those. I, I don't have a Venmo card, but I like to when people have those and you can just all pay right away. And they go oh, is that what it is? That's well, what you can, you can imme- yeah, because it goes right to the card. So like you could pay, everybody like pay ahead of time and then oh. you put the card down and then it's like that. So then it's like you don't even have to. Oh, I can't conceptualize. I, I can't. That. I get it. They all Venmo you <laughs> and then it goes straight. <laughs> <on the card. laughs> One of us is a scientist and a mathematician. Yeah. Don't worry, I got the it. The other, just a gay guy. <laughs> 
No, I get the concept. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> this podcast is a scientist and a gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> Walk into a bar. <laughs> okay. Nobody pays the Industry's like, we're putting our money behind them. Says, <laughs> my go. mom's the doctor. How's that joke go? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Marsha, thank you so much for doing the pod. We, um, thank you we were for so happy I really like you. you. You're a dream guest. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think we really got into the nitty gritty. We did. Boys, clubs, culture, weather, yeah. every human experience we really that there is. ran the gamut today, yeah. Lisa yeah. Barlow, Sports and Taylor Swift. <gasps> All of it, yeah. yeah. Wow, wow. And, and, and it's almost dark out, so that's good. And it's 3 p.m. I know. Um, before we wrap, do you want to plug your socials or anything you got coming up? Okay, well, my socials are my name, Marsha Belsky. And you know what's funny is I don't want to plug anything I have, but I want to plug, you just reminded me, there's, I don't, I don't even know her handle, so this is going to be the loosest plug ever, <laughs> which I love. There's this woman on TikTok who's doing like Lisa Barlow reading Shakespeare. And it's like an impression <laughs> of Lisa Barlow, like in like really serious text or like movies and like all sorts of stuff. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Okay, okay we, we'll find that. So we'll plugging her, yeah. whose name I don't remember. This is always how I like commute. I'm the worst about like, I saw this video online, loosely describe it, have no idea who made it. And people are like, cool story. You're really fun to socialize with. Like, So everyone check that out. Yeah, okay. definitely. And follow Marsha on socials and Check out her stuff. Um, all right, we'll get out of here and smooch. One, two, three. What's up, boys at home? Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Boys Club. Connor, where can they find you on Instagram? At Connor Janda, C-O-N-O-R. Janda is panda with a J. And you can follow me at Nico Carney, N-I-C-O-C-A-R-N-E-Y. You can follow us both at Boys Club Comedy on Instagram. Uh, and we have a live show. Our live show is at Club Coming, typically on the last Friday of the month. And it is always the two of us and some of our favorite funny people. And we'd love to see you there. Yeah, often people from the podcast. So come check those out. Uh, if you live in New York, we'd love to see you there. Bye, boys. Bye, boys. Bye, boys.